I actually want to talk about this morning uh, the joy of forgiveness. And uh, I wrote this phrase. I was actually talking to a brother in the Lord uh, this week, and we were talking about relationships and reconciliation and uh, uh, the meaning of Christmas and and uh, what the true uh, core values of life were. And I wrote down while we were talking, the blessing of Christmas is the joy of forgiveness. Say that with me. The blessing of Christmas is the joy of forgiveness. And when we're talking about forgiveness, I like to think about the cross. Uh, it had both a vertical beam and it had a horizontal beam. And forgiveness, of course, the basis for all forgiveness uh, lies in the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason that we can get forgiveness or have forgiveness and have the joy of being forgiven uh, is because of what Christ did in his death, burial, and resurrection. You say, well, Brother Tim, you're talking about his resurrection and it's Christmas. Uh, Christmas is about him being born. Well, we're not to leave Christ in the manger. He came to the earth and he was incarnate. He was born and took upon himself a human body, but he, he said things like, I came, uh, you know, not to do my own will, but your will. He said, I delight to do your will. He said, you, a body you've prepared for me. So the whole purpose of him being born was so that he could become a sacrifice. And of course, shepherds announced his birth by saying, you know, uh, you know, glory to God in the heavens, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. For today, there is a Savior that is born in Bethlehem. And so, you know, when you get right down to what the joy of forgiveness uh, means, uh, you have to know the basis of how, uh, you know, a world without forgiveness would be. How many knows that the benefits of forgiveness are wonderful uh, when there's forgiveness flowing between natural people? There's harmony, there's understanding, there's uh, a higher quality of life, there is uh, you know, the ability to work together, uh, there's the ability to enjoy a greater degree of fellowship, uh, there's reconciliation, right? So the, for, the benefits of forgiveness are amazing. And then on the opposite side, without forgiveness, then you have all the selfishness, the war, the abuse, the violence, and the whole darkness, uh, you know, that the world would be the depravity of sin that's been wrought in the world. And, uh, you know, the whole bleak outlook of no hope and, and everything being destroyed. And so uh, Christmas is such a wonderful season is because Christ came into the world and, and as a baby was born and became incarnate or took upon himself a body so that he could die as a substitute and his work in redemption 
uh, canceled out the penalty of our sin so we could receive forgiveness and be reconciled to God. And then through our reconciliation with God, that should, the horrid vertical beam of our being forgiven spills over into our horizontal relationships. Can you say amen? In fact, we're taught in the Word of God to forgive others as He has forgiven us. Can you say amen? So, uh, the, we talked just briefly about the blessings of forgiveness, and we talked just a little bit about the basis for forgiveness. The basis of forgiveness is our relationship with the Lord. Uh, why do we need to be forgiven? I'm going to quote some things this morning. So, well, I don't need to receive forgiveness. Well, that's not, <laughs> that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, it says all of us have gone astray. Right? And like sheep have done our own thing. Turn to Isaiah. We'll read the basis of forgiveness. Are y'all still happy and doing good this morning? Praise God. Isaiah 53. The prophet Isaiah, uh, hundreds of years before Christ was born by the Holy Spirit, uh, prophesied of the birth of Christ and uh, who was going to... Uh, provide redemption for us, and why. And so in Isaiah 53, uh, verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected of men. And he knows that people during Christ's time, many did not appreciate him or value him or see him as a God-sent son to provide uh, forgiveness. He was despised and rejected of man. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Uh, now the margin actually says he was a man of sickness and acquainted with pain. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Uh, how many esteem the Lord Jesus Christ as precious? Amen. Uh, verse 4, surely he hath done what? Born our griefs and carried our sorrows. Uh, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. We thought he was being uh, wounded, and they thought he was being wounded, and he was suffering uh, because of, of his own wrongdoing but it was actually for us, the Bible says, that he was doing it. Amen? Verse 5, He was uh, Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. Whose transgressions was he wounded for? Ours. Uh, he was bruised for whose iniquities? Our iniquities. The punishment or chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes. Who is healed? 
we are healed. Verse 6, all we, say all, uh, all we like sheep. He didn't say all we have uh, robbed, uh, robbed a bank and lied to multiple people. It's not about just one sin. It's about man's whole uh, nature uh, being uh, rebellious to not uh, give God the glory in our lives that we should, doing our own thing. Right? And he knows God created us. We didn't create ourselves. And so the Bible says for His pleasure we were created. So we're not going to find our maximum potential in life and find true satisfaction to the very inner core of our heart until we've made a connection with the Lord. Amen? I often tell stories about you can't fulfill spiritual hunger with natural things. I don't care if you've got a six-figure salary, if you've got the house on the hill and you take a European vacation every year and you've got everything in the world, you drive this, you live in this, uh, you know, uh, you're not truly uh, rich uh, until you know the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I remember as a Bible school student visiting an older couple from Pennsylvania that was also Bible school students. They were from a Dutch background, and I mainly uh, enjoyed um, a relationship with them because they were fellow students, but also enjoyed how good she could cook. <laughs> And uh, so she made all these good Dutch, you know, Pennsylvania cooking recipes, you know, made noodles and all kinds of, you know, stroganoff and German dishes. And, and uh, so I enjoyed her cooking. And they, uh, they liked, uh, for pets, they had had several generations of dachshunds, uh, you know, uh, Lance and Lisa have had dachshunds, and they're very bright, sprite, happy uh, dogs. <laughs> and uh, I like their personality, too. And, uh, and so they, they, they named their dachshunds after battleships. <laughs> because battleships, I guess, are long, so their current dachshund's name was Bismarck. <laughs> and... Uh, Busy. We called him Busy for short. But he would scratch at the uh, uh, sliding glass door of their apartment, and they were on the second story. And they would open the door, and someone had, there was a knot hole on the porch, and someone had nailed a metal uh, can lid over this knot hole so water wouldn't run through. And... Uh, uh, Busy would get, when the door would open, he would lay down where the, the rusty can lid was and lick the can lid. And you've seen animals, you know, you know, like salt licks and stuff. Apparently, there was something in his system that uh, wasn't, you know, deficiency. And so he would, uh, uh, he would go out there and lick the can lid. <laughs> Crazy story, right? Uh, you know, I remember growing up on a farm in Texas that my dad had a Brummer, Brahma cows. We call them Brummers. 
and they were boomers. They were from like, you know, India, you know, that species. And I remember that uh, there was a calf. I called him Bugs because he had big ears. And uh, and Bugs would come up, and I, you'd sweat in Texas in the summertime, perspire for you more refined people. <laughs> <laughs> and he, if you've ever had a cow lick you before, most people hadn't, but they've got a tongue like a rasp. I mean, it's rougher than the coarsest sandpaper that you could find. And he would come up, and he would start licking my arms, and he had a long tongue. And he had just licked my arms. And the reason was he was wanting salt. And I had sweated. And he was trying to get something that his system needed. Right? And so I'm just giving you a couple of illustrations, you know, uh, you know, in my farm vernacular or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, you have to lick the can lid. You have to get the salt. And you also have to have Jesus. <laughs> There's just something missing uh, because we were designed by the Lord to have a relationship and fellowship with Him. And God is both holy and dwells in light and there's no sin in Him. And so sin can't dwell in His presence. But He's also merciful. So how's He going to be merciful to us and love us and yet, at the same time, be just and holy. Well, he's going to have to satisfy the, the, the wages of sin as death. He's going to have to, uh, he can't look, he can't blink at, at sin. Because otherwise, the, the Satan could say, hey, you let them get by. Well, you have to let me get by. Right? And God, there's no injustice in God. So he had to maintain justice, but at the same time, he loved us and wanted us restored back and reconciled to him. And so in Christ, both the justice uh, or the judgment that sin's penalty uh, deserved uh, fell on Christ, and Christ became our substitute, and he was judged in our place. So justice was satisfied, but yet at the same time, God was able to be merciful and through that legally forgive us so that we had an open door to receive forgiveness and to be reconciled back to Him. Can you say man? And Christ is both the power of God and the wisdom of God. And so it, the, the simple gospel message is, is when we trust Christ as the one that God sent and that His work, that He died for our uh, sins, but was raised so that we could be right in God's eyes and cleared of the penalty of sins. When we exercise faith in that work that was done, then the Bible says that our heart is changed and we're born again. And we are forgiven and we have the joy of the restoration of our fellowship with God. I'm telling you, if you know you're right with God this morning, uh, life's going to be all right. <laughs> it's short enough as it is. But you sure don't want to leave here without knowing that you're right with the Lord. And there's great joy in having that uh, forgiveness. Okay, i got 20 minutes left. Y'all still on board? <laughs> Turn with me to Psalms. We're going to read a couple more scriptures. Psalms 
And we want everyone to stay for lunch today. Whether you brought food or not, we want you to uh, forgive us since we're talking about forgiveness so we can have fellowship together today. <laughs> I'm just teasing. If you need to get to somewhere, we, we, we understand. But if at all possible, stay in fellowship with us. Uh, Psalms uh, 32. Listen to what David said. Psalms 32, he said, Blessed, and actually the Hebrew, Hebrew is plural, and it's uh, blessednesses. <laughs> Multiple blessings, plural, belong to the person whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. This word blessed in the Hebrew means to uh, experience prosperity, and the Amplified Bible renders it happy, fortunate, and to be envied. So if you're forgiven this morning, you ought to be happy, fortunate, and to be envied. I'm not to be pitied, I'm to be envied because I have received the forgiveness, the reconciliation, the justification, the righteousness of God, and now I'm in fellowship with Him. And he knows that John spoke uh, about fellowship, and he said, these things I write to you that you might have fellowship with us. Truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, uh, Jesus Christ. And he said, these things I write to you that your joy might be full. And there is joy. Christians ought to be the happiest people they are because they're right with God. They have access to fellowship with God. Can you say man? They've got hope of future eternity with God. They're going to rule and reign with Him in His kingdom. They're going to experience the resurrection from the dead and get a glorified body like Christ. And they're going to be part of a coming kingdom that there is no sin, no violence, no unrighteousness. They're only joy. You, and you've got that. You're already a participator and a share in that if you've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the kingdom of God is not food and drink, the Bible says, but it's righteousness that comes from forgiveness. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? So what is Christmas about? It's about having joy with our restored relationship with the Lord. It's about having peace with God, being justified by faith. And it's about being right in God's eyes through His own method or manner of, of righteousness, which is through exercising faith in the grace gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody besides me this morning happy that you're a Christian? You know, Jesus said, this world didn't give you your joy, and the world can't take it away. <laughs> Can you say amen? You know, joy, happiness is based in one sense on circumstances. Well, I got money in my pocket, my girlfriend thinks I'm wonderful, or my wife thinks I'm wonderful, all the kids are acting great, the car's running good, my job, I got a raise on my job, I'm doing great, so I'm happy. But joy is independent of circumstances. You can have joy because it's internal with your relationship with the Lord. Even if the car's not running good, the kids are not acting right, your spouse is, you know, being a, a grouch. <laughs> 
I didn't get too many laughs on that. <laughs> and things are just kind of convoluted, at, you know, and, and work is not going good, and your bank account, you know, is, you know, down to, you know, whatever. And, uh, and but, uh, you know, you can still have, you know, a, uh, to be connected with God puts you on a, a secure eternal foundation outside of the temporary swings of the economy. Uh, I'm not going to worry that I'm not going to eat. The psalmist said, I've, I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. So if recession or inflation comes, I don't have to fret and worry. In fact, the Bible says, don't be careful or full of worry about anything. And so I'm not worried about where I'm going to get food or where I'm going to get clothes or, you know, if I'm going to be a, a statistic of a premature death. Uh, the Bible says, with long life, I'll satisfy you. And show you my salvation. If I get sick, he'll heal me. If I get confused, he'll give me wisdom. <laughs> if I if I mess up, uh, you know, I did once two or three decades ago. No, I'm just <laughs> if I mess up, he said he would provide forgiveness for me. Right? If uh, if tomorrow, you know, there's trials and tests, he said that he would strengthen me and encourage me and get me through that. So I've got eternal connection with God. I've got eternal joy. I've got eternal peace. I don't have to be in the state of fear or anxiety about plagues or pestilences or uh, recessions or economy or anything that's going on out here in a world that is very confused and very in the dark. Uh, I can have the stability and the security in God's love for me because if He loved me enough to send His Son to die for me, then everything else is included in it. He'll take care of the food, the rent, the, the uh, future, the, anything else I need. <clears throat> Say it with me, God's a good God. And He does good things all the time. The Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above. So if there's anything good, why is there any joy and peace and love in this world? It's only because it's from and of God. It didn't originate with human beings. Human beings left to themselves outside of God. You know, people talk about the, the theory, and somebody said a theory is a supposition based on ignorance of the subject under discussion. Uh, a theory of evolution. Man has not evolved. Man de has devolved. Without God, uh, crime increases, violence increases, selfishness increases, people injure people, and the world loses goodwill and fight and kill each other and war, and the soil is stained with blood. Are you still here? And it all goes downhill. And uh, in God... Uh, man can be restored to the original place that he created Adam and Eve to have to walk with him in fellowship with him. I got 12 minutes left in case you're... So blessed, say happy, fortunate, and to be envied is the man, is the woman whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Are your sins covered this morning? Boy, happy, fortunate, and to be envied. We're, we're happy and we're fortunate because we're 
uh, we know Jesus. <laughs> and if you know Jesus, you've got a reason to be happy. Uh, he goes on to say, Happy, fortunate, and to be envied is the man to whom the Lord doesn't impute sin or iniquity in whose spirit there is no guile or deceit. Amen. This is the blessedness of forgiving. Jesus is the basis. This is the blessing of forgiveness. Jesus is the basis for forgiving. I just want to uh, go a little bit further. Let's talk about the totality of forgiveness. Say the blessedness of forgiveness. And the basis of forgiveness. I want to talk about how totally we are forgiven. And for that, go to Isaiah. Oh, we already were in Isaiah earlier. Uh, we were in chapter 53. Go to chapter uh, 43. Isaiah 43. Listen what the Lord says to us. In verse uh, 25. And he's speaking to you and me. I know he was speaking to Israel here under the Old Covenant, but it has double reference. It's quoted in the New Testament in Hebrews. He said, verse 25, I, even I, am he that blots out your transgressions for mine own sake, that's so He can continue to bless us. And read the last part with me. And will not remember your sins. You know, the psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. The first benefit that he listed is who forgives all your transgressions. Psalms 103, the psalmist said, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our sins from us. How far is the east is from the west? You know, if you go north to south... You know, if you start going south toward Antarctica, at some point you go around the earth and you start back north. So south, you know, south and north can be separated. But if you start going east, when do you start going west? It, it's never ended because the earth is a circle. As far as the east is from the west. If you start going east, you just keep going east. <laughs> and the Lord has removed our transgressions. That is the totality of His forgiveness. He removes them permanently, eternally. And uh, the Lord is not forgetful. And He has a good memory but he don't remember. He's got the ability not to remember your and my sins. And so, what's the joy of Christmas? Absolutely, the the benefits of forgiveness and knowing Christ, the basis of forgiveness, 
and knowing and experiencing the totality of forgiveness. He has forgiven us in God's eyes. When He looks on you and me today, He sees you in Christ Jesus. And He sees you without spot, without blemish, without any sin. Somebody said the definition of a good definition of righteousness is the ability to stand in God's presence without any inferiority, without any inadequacy, without any guilt, or without any shame, to not have to cower in fear. You can stand in God's presence today just as if, which is just if I justify just as if you had never sinned now if that don't make you happy fortunate and to be envied that god sees you in perfect righteousness and that you've been granted by grace christ's own righteousness as a free gift not through works that we have done but through the gift of god That brings joy and peace. And I have six minutes left. (laughs) Sit with me. The blessing of Christmas is the joy of forgiveness. Micah. That's where the pages probably stick together in your Bible. If you... Or with our kids, you're learning the books of the Bible. And uh, let's see, it would be Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Haggai, Malachi. (laughs) So start at Malachi and go backward if you need to. And if you need some help, it's on page 1194 in my Bible. (laughs) Now, you would need a Rhema study Bible to (laughs) make that that happen. Say it with me again. The blessing of Christmas is the joy of forgiveness. Say it with me. Jesus is the basis of all forgiveness. Just like His cross was vertical and horizontal, we can not only be forgiven by God, but we can extend forgiveness and receive forgiveness from our fellow man. And that's why there's peace on earth and goodwill, not ill will, but goodwill toward others because you've received that kind of forgiveness from God, then God expects us not only to comprehend that forgiveness, but to extend that forgiveness. And the wonderful thing is about it, you can actually rise to the privilege of operating in grace like God operates in grace and extend forgiveness to others like He's extended forgiveness to you. And I don't have time to get into it, but He said if we don't forgive others, He said then we're not forgiven of Him. So He expects us to receive the forgiveness that He's offered us personally, to end the offense between us and Him through our sinful nature, but He expects us to extend that forgiveness to others. And if we don't extend it to others, then it shuts it down in our own life. He limits 
our reception of forgiveness to the extent and in proportion to the forgiveness we extend to others. That's what makes Christmas uh, a whole, you know, hopeful, joyful experience. Now there's peace and joy because God's Son has come and this, the basis of forgiveness, has been provided. And I have three minutes. Micah chapter 7. But I know since it's Christmas and you're in a given spirit, you can give me an extra minute or two. Right? Now I'm, I'm going to try to wind it up. Micah chapter 7 and verse uh, 18. This is actually one of my favorite scriptures. There's a number of them. But Micah 7.18, here it is. It's up on the screen. Who is a God like unto you? That's a question. Micah saying, is there any other being like you? And the answer is, absolutely not. Why is God so, why is he saying God is so wonderful? Who's a God like unto you? That does what? He pardons iniquity. The Bible says in some places he's ready to pardon. I mean, the Bible says, call unto the Lord, and He'll answer you and forgive you. Right? Who is God like unto thee that pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of His heritage? Aren't you glad that He passed by your transgressions and that He's pardoned you from your sins? Uh, you don't have to experience the penalty of sin. Uh, the wages of sin is death now. Listen at this part. He retains not his anger forever because he what? Delights or takes pleasure in showing mercy. One translation says, a modern translation says, his specialty is mercy. Amen. You know, sometimes people say, well, what's your specialty? Do you program with this language or do you make this or make that or you is your specialty framing or finish work or is your specialty God specializes in mercy what's mercy undeserved goodness and kindness next verse <clears throat> he will turn again he will have compassion on us and he did in Christ he will subdue our iniquities. Thank God He has. He has brought our iniquities. Other translation says, He tramples on... Can you put that up in the Amplified? Man, aren't our guys good back there? <clears throat> we may give them a raise. <laughs> uh, here's the Amplified. Who is a God like you who forgives iniquity, passes over transgression of the remnant of his her heritage? He retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy and love and kindness. Next verse. He will again have compassion on us. And he has, and that's what Christmas is all about. He will subdue and tread underfoot our iniquities. And that's what Christmas is all about. You will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. 
Where are our sins today? They're in the depths of the sea of forgetfulness. And like uh, I think it was Corey Ten Boone said, and God has put a sign on the beach of the sea of forgetfulness that says, no fishing. <laughs> we don't have to go back and think, boy, I really messed up back there. I feel bad. I feel condemned. That's the enemy's strategy. If it's under the blood, the power of Christ's blood has washed it clean. I'm saying today that the joy of Christmas or the blessing of Christmas is the joy of forgiveness. There's benefits to forgiveness, eternal life for one. There is the basis for forgiveness which our wonderful Lord Jesus Christ has executed God's plan and provided. And lastly, there is the totality of God's forgiveness. He sees you and me when we confess Christ as our Savior, spotless, without blame, perfectly righteous. Now I can go into His presence and I don't have to feel inferior or inadequate. I'm clean. I'm righteous. I can talk with Him. I can receive my prayers answered from Him. I can live in that close, intimate, personal communion with Him. And that's what He wanted. He wanted to restore all that to us. And I went over time two minutes. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you need forgiveness this morning, it's a free gift that's got your name on it. And if the love of God is tugging on your heart, don't resist that Holy Spirit tug. Accept God's goodness and kindness and forgiveness. Uh, your heart will be changed and you'll be in the family of God and you'll have perfect fellowship with the Lord. Pray. Let's all pray this together. If you're watching by internet this morning, if you pray this prayer uh, and, and, and mean it out of your heart, you can be in God's family. It can be the best Christmas and you can experience the joy and peace that comes from it. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for the provision of Your wonderful forgiveness. We acknowledge Christ Jesus as the basis and the reason for our ability to be forgiven. We ask You Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us from all wrong. Make us right in your eyes through the cleansing power of the blood of Christ. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus, for dying in my place. And Lord, we thank you that we're now in your family. We're born again, your children. And that you delight in showing us this mercy and giving us the totality of your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that the first time, prayed it out of your heart, all there's nothing between you and the Lord. And uh, this is what Christmas is all about. Can you say amen? Stand with us. <clears throat> Glory to God.
Well, how many's enjoyed the time together this morning? Praise God. Aren't you thankful for what Jesus has done for us? That you know Him. And uh, there's just a, uh, you know, uh, we're, the Bible talks about we're family and we're a body. Many members like our human body, but all of it works together. And uh, uh, we're to honor one another because God has, we're heirs of the grace of God together. Amen. God did something in your life. He's done the same thing in my life. And because of that, we honor you and we honor what God has done in your life. And so this is why we can have rich and meaningful fellowship, not only with God, with, but with each other. I encourage you, you know, to walk in forgiveness, to walk in kindness, to walk in uh, what you have received from God. Give that to other people in this Christmas season, and that'll make it a great Christmas. Not only for them, but for you. <laughs> because if you don't forgive them, you're not forgiven. An unforgiving person is an unforgiven person. And I just can't forfeit God's blessings in my life by allowing animosity or ill will or anger or, uh, you know, disharmony to get me between me and other people. Amen. Praise God. Father, as we go our way and celebrate the, the Christmas season, we thank you that your hand of protection is upon us. We speak blessings and favor uh, upon relationships, upon marriages, upon uh, kids and parents, and upon extended family. We thank you that you allow us and grace us to be of such an attitude that the glory of Christ and the sweetness and the kindness and the light of your love flow through us to others and that we're the kind of witnesses that uh, men see and are attracted to Jesus and the nature of Christ and character of Christ in us. We thank you that uh, everyone has joy and peace and experiences your love and your goodness and for your glory. And Lord, we end by saying thank you that you delight in mercy and that you've been so good to us. Your mercy endures forever. Amen. Praise God. Well, how many's hungry?